make a hot cuppa and relax. It's Afternoon Karak with Aisha Al-Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah. On Pulse 95. Welcome back. It's Aisha Al-Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah right here at the Sharjah Expo Center. We are at the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival in its 12th edition. And we've got our first guest today. It's Dinara Mirtalipova. She's a self-taught illustrator slash designer hailing from Uzbekistan. She's joining us right here at our studios in Sharjah. How are you doing? I need to ask you, this is uh, when I went through your Instagram account and I saw the burst of colors, loved them very much, but also I noticed something. You didn't call yourself a graphic designer or illustrator, you said folklorist. What does that mean and why is that important? Yes, it's, um, it's a definition, so usually people who are self-taught artists um, can call themselves um, folklorists. Mm-hmm. It's because I personally am interested more in the folklore. I love cultures. I always like to take a peek at culture and cultural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I'm definitely not a graphic designer. I am a folklorist because I'm always attracted to patterns. Ooh, I love that. and. Can you tell us more about your background because um, even in our previous events when it comes to writers or when it comes to photographers, when it comes to the arts, more often than not, usually people don't have any background in the arts but something drives them towards it, some passion or some dream. Can you tell us what was the point where you're like, I'm going to become, I'm going to teach myself (laughs) how to become an illustrator and a folklorist? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was always like an artsy child. I liked to doodle, but I never thought of myself as an artist because I thought you have to be professionally trained to mm-hmm. become one. And then that's like a very huge misconception. Many people think that if you don't have a degree in art, if you don't go to art college, that you're not an artist. And that is not true at all. You can absolutely paint at home and um, as long as you enjoy the process Mm -hmm. basically you are an artist and I graduated from um, college studying computer science Mm -hmm. so I basically could never stop drawing and eventually uh, my path took me into illustration. Mashallah. I love that. When it comes to folklore, as we know that it's basically stories of old being retold over and over, getting passed on it throughout the generations. Uh, but when it comes to Soviet Uzbek folklore, I know American folklore, I know European, I've seen Celtic folklore, but what is Soviet Uzbek folklore? Um, oh my goodness. Um, it's so rich and so beautiful and so colorful. Um, well, I grew up basically among the patterns we have um the rugs and carpets like on walls um on the floor like everywhere Uh, women they love to dress in like bold patterns and bold colors um so it's very traditional it's like a mixture of uzbek traditional um style plus uzbekistan has been under the soviet influence for hundreds some years um, and that also only enriched the culture, making it even more diverse in a way. I also noticed on your official website, uh, some of the books, they're all sold out. I- I'm wondering, are they even available here at the, uh, at the, at the fair itself, at the festival? Um, yes, absolutely. I'm sure they are. 
unfortunately, I don't know uh, <laughs> um, how to point people. Um, we'll we'll, we'll go right look and we'll, we'll find okay, it. Yeah. We'll go exploring. Because right I'm like, here. oh, okay, they're sold out. That means I can't get my hands on one of these. I'm so curious. Um, me probably just on my website, but you can always find them on Amazon. Um, Amazon makes it available basically for people all over the world. Now, some of your work, uh, you do things like uh, The Beauty and the Beast, uh, Princess and the Pea. These are well-known uh, stories. But I know uh, as a folk uh, folklorist, you want to uh, give it your own creative twist. So what is it about your story, your iteration of it, that makes it unique and more different? Um, it, it's um, just the way I paint it, I guess. It's um, that my own naive touch um, to the characters that makes them look um, a lot different. And then, well, basically all those old stories need to be retold because our current generation is a lot different than those kids um, from centuries ago. Um, so they all have a modern twist and um, now they have a modern look because, um, because of current days. <laughs> nice. I love it, what you're saying right now, but I also noticed that, especially since you said naive touch, and when somebody says naive, it means that you know something may be very simple. We're not saying simple is bad, but especially with uh, your artwork, and I go back to your Instagram and even uh, the pictures on your illustrated uh, illustrations on your books and whatnot, you choose some specific colors, and we see them repeated again and again and again. What do they mean? Are they part of? Are they like important to? Um, Uzbekistan's uh, folklore, or is it just some colors that you have a certain special feeling towards? Um, yeah, they are my personal. Um, so naive, basically, like you said, means uh, very primitive and very simple. Mm -hmm. um, most of the folklore artists are naive artists because they weren't professionally taught how to paint. For example, if you look at the um, horse painted by an artist who knows the proportions, who uh, can render it so professionally that mm -hmm. it looks like it's almost a photograph, then a naive artist, horses like, are completely disproportionate. Like they sometimes mm -hmm. they have like very thick bodies and teeny tiny little uh, legs. Um, so it's it's more about how you feel about art rather than accuracy. So you you basically you're expressing and you're sharing the art through your heart, and it's not about precision and mm -hmm. it's not about being um, like photographically accurate. It's more I, like a personal expression. It's a personal mm -hmm. expression, right? Honestly, mm -hmm. we were talking about it er earlier, Mikhail and I, and I was saying that um, those type of illustrations, um, especially when it comes to illustrations of uh, some fairy tales or something directed towards children illustrators in my opinion have to capture the minds of two different distinct groups uh, age groups usually end up uh, catching the eyes of the child and the parent as well and I find that very difficult so kudos to you for being able to do that <laughs> it's very difficult honestly like just catering to one group is very hard but doing it for several different groups is amazing can you tell us more about um, your choices of materials and tools mm -hmm. uh, why did you pick them? Is it a personal preference or is it also attached to um, some sort of history or folklore as well? Um, in my work I use gouache on paper. Mm -hmm. Gouache is a very easy um, paint. It's very forgiving so anyone, like you said, from kids to old adults um, can or welcome to try it. It's very 
fun to draw with gouache because you can layer, um, like for example, light light colors mm -hmm. like white go very well on top of darker colors like black. Yeah. Um, and I just love the process. Can you tell us actually about your um, your client list? I was going through it and I was like, wow, Netflix <laughs> and uh, big names like, uh, again, Chronicle Books, uh, Oxford Press. Um, which one do you feel is the most closest to your heart? The one that has the biggest impact to you or where you are most excited about working with? They are all very dear to me um, because every project carries its own unique um, qualities I would say like <laughs> every project that I begin starts with ground zero and mm -hmm. um, the thinking process involves um, lots of brainstorming so it's very very difficult for me to pick just one project and say that it was the most significant because I've done books and I love doing illustration for books mm -hmm. I've done um, surface design which includes like collaboration with fashion companies mm -hmm. I've done murals just recently in uh, Cleveland Ohio there is like a very huge mural covering um, an eight facade story building mm -hmm. so that was like a very like out of my scale because I typically I paint tiny and small and all of a sudden this mural made it like just extremely large so yes every project that I'm facing is usually very exciting because mm -hmm. it leaves you leave a piece of you with it yeah you know? and uh, I want to also ask you about because you're having a, a panel discussion later today at seven o'clock, two yeah. hours from now. Uh -huh. uh, it's called the Power of Folklore. Uh, you and some other publishers are going to be involved in this discussion. Uh, but to anybody who could be interested, uh, what can they what can they expect? Um, well, like the the title suggests, we'll be talking about um, folklore. And what I like to tell people about folklore is that don't be intimidated with art because folklore means that if you enjoy the process, you are an artist and it's absolutely okay to call yourself that and be proud of your work, never compare yourself to others and um, just feel good about it. It's always uh, the ability to, it's not like that you have to create something from scratch, it's the ability to retell the story mm -hmm. with your own creative twist. Exactly, yes, bold colors, just having fun painting, um, yeah, simplicity of lines, everything counts. <laughs> I definitely have to check out uh, Soviet Uzbek folklore more. Mm -hmm. I've been tapping into Celtic folklore. Uh, li the latest work I've seen was Wolfwalkers. It was an animated film. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. It's and gorgeous. I, yeah. I got into that whole Irish folklore. And it's just yeah. so, so mystical, so magical. So definitely I'm going to have to tap into that little Uzbek folklore, see what's up. Absolutely. And to write on that, um, <laughs> what is your personal favorite um, Uzbek Soviet um, folklore or fairy tale as a way to basically introduce us here in Sharjah and maybe around the world, all our, all our listeners. Tell us about your favorite one. Maybe we can go and Google it when you <laughs> a little bit later. Well, um, Uzbek culture is a lot different than Russian culture. Mm -hmm. But because in my country it kind of interwoves, um, it feels to me like one only complements another. Mm -hmm. But for listeners who are not familiar, I would have to say that those two are completely separate cultures. 
um, kind of coexisting together. So mm-hmm. Russian folklore is very known to the world. Um, it's like um, all those basically the same stories of the Sleeping Beauty, but retold like in mm-hmm. the Russian way. Um, there is a book with chronicle uh, chronicle books that's coming out next year. It's called. Um, Russian folk tales, and yeah. I'm extremely excited about it. So, oh no, I'm so I'm so sorry. It's actually coming out this year in September. Oh, exciting! Yes, um, Uzbek um, stories um, are like the stories of um, um, like I'm blanking right now, but it, <laughs> it it's, happens. It's very similar to um, the one, Thousand and One Night, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the stories of Shahrazad. So it's like very similar to um, some of the Arabic stories, I yeah. would say. Yeah, because there was also huge Arabic influence in Uzbekistan, but mm-hmm. centuries ago. Geographically mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Uz- uh, Soviet Uzbek folklore. I'm sure this is something you're going to discuss much more in detail in your panel later today. If anybody's interested, you can tune in there. It's a whole panel discussion, and it's going to go from 7 all the way till 8 o'clock today. It's called The Power of Folklore. And before we wrap up, can you give us um, a couple of words to all those people, whether they're children or adults, uh, no matter what age they are, since you are a self-taught artist and illustrator, what do you want to tell them so they can finally take that push, that step to kick off their artist career? (laughs) I would say don't be intimidated by a blank page. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of that blank page. Just fill it up with colors and uh, just pick up your brush and and draw just go crazy basically just go crazy inspiring yeah. words exactly yeah. uh, you sh- we always hear it but it's always uh, important to hear it from people who are well established just like you are Dinara and we are so happy to have you here to speak to you thank you so much we look forward to perhaps maybe meeting you around the halls and maybe some of our listeners can bump into you and speak to you I as hope well. I can get a hand uh, <laughs> get my hands on those books as well oh yeah thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be on the lookout Michaela and I within the next uh, couple of days because uh, the event is 10 days long from the 19th to the 29th of May. We're going to be taking a short break in the afternoon. Karak resumes right afterwards, so stay tuned for that and so much more only here on Pulse 95.